Welcome to Rage Game Network Podcast. Welcome to Rage Game Network Podcast. I'm Andy, and this is a mini episode. And? Oh, okay. And I'm Sarah. And I'm Ben. <laughs> so, like I said, it's a mini episode. We're going to go over some a uh, little bit of content about uh, uh, Monsters of the Multiverse, the new one of the new core books that has come out for D&D. It is also replacing some of the yeah so this is kind of an addition to the core dnd book collection and essentially it's acting as a replacement for volo's guide to monsters and mordekainen's tome of foes so if you didn't already have those two books pick up this one book if you already have those two books it's not really much of a sell uh the couple main things that this changes uh so it's listed, and I'm just kind of pulling this right off D&D Beyond, uh, includes over 30 playable races. Uh, Monsters of the Multiverse brings all the games, uh, setting character races into one book and adds more options for your character created uh, in your created character options. Basically, what they're doing is they've retooled your character creation um, to follow more of the rules that they put in Tasha's, where your character races... You can choose your plus two and plus one instead of it being inherently tied to the race that you pick Mm -hmm. uh, or choosing as a plus one to three different stats. Uh, It also looks like it's removing some of the things of, you know, how drow were typically intended towards an evil alignment or things like that. So they're removing some of the uh, typical racial restrictions on how you build your character. Um, as well as kind of rewriting some of that, some of the lore to be less based in some of those racial stereotypes. Now, um, one of my, uh, I was listening to Three Black Halflings, and they have some cool stuff in there. And they do talk about, you know, the racism that that's in it, obviously. Um and um, finally, Wizards of the Coast is like, you know what? It's been long enough, and we're getting more people that are playing of different cultures. Um, so they're slowly but readily uh, changing how the game is played. Uh, I wouldn't say it's for the worst at all. No. Um, I mean, there's some things like in terms of those inherent like differences for the playable races. I don't necessarily mind them for all of them. Cause like, you know, things like a Goliath, they're descendants of giant folk. So having like an inherent, like constitution or constitution, strength, boost strength yeah. isn't necessarily bad it because tracks. that is that tracks with that yeah. or it, something like, you know, Aracokra, they are bird birds. folk. Like, so naturally having a dexterity boost being the fact that they oh, can yeah. inherently fly, like, mm-hmm. to me makes sense. Okay. But and I I can understand things like orcs that previously had an inherent negative modifier to intelligence. Yeah. 
But um, their strength or, was like a three or something. Yeah, their strength was extra strong. Or elves naturally having a higher intelligence. I can get behind that. Some of the more physical ones, your strength, your dexterity, your constitution boosts. Yeah. Being that they are, you know, if you're descendant from dragons or giants, mm-hmm. like, to me, that that's fine. But definitely, like, getting rid of some of those inherent things that were tied to... wisdom intelligence wisdom and some of those kind of previous story elements that had been kind of tied to you know some of those stereotypes is definitely a you know a progressive thing that needs to be done yeah yeah and And it takes time it's not an overnight thing so the fact that they're taking steps is a good is a good sign it's good news yeah and uh i i think charisma falls in a weird category of both in a way because Charisma is not just how you speak, it's how you look, how you interact with people, yeah, how you don't interact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, Charisma it, is like your social stat almost. Yes. It, yeah. it is much. your very much social stat. Um, and y- you don't have to play an ugly character or a person that can't talk well and uh, in a charisma low charisma situation you could be very pretty but you're not going to be able to get away with shit yeah because you can't hide or anything yeah. because you, you could be very beautiful and be like standing out like a sore thumb yeah i kind of wonder if they'll do when whenever we get that 5.5 push if they'll do something like that with the um with the classes yeah. Now, obviously, their primary stat has to stay their primary stat because that makes sense. Like barbarians right. should have strength as their primary. Wizards need it as intelligence. Bards, charisma. But like, could you do something as like a floating your secondary stat? Because yeah. like, I don't for see some why those not. Could be versatile. Because like, cleric has charisma as a secondary stat, and that works if you're going to be. You know, your background is that of like how Rusty in our campaign is like he was he was a preacher. He was a teacher like having charisma yeah. as a secondary makes sense. Okay. That might be why. <laughs> but if you were, you know, there you could definitely play a cleric as more of a monk. That's a solitary. Yes. And, and wouldn't maybe not have charisma, but maybe they have, you know, dexterity. So they are you more can, similar to a monk, or yeah. maybe but they've got strength because they're a war. You know, we a war are seeing medic. some of those uh, class changes also in this book. Um, like Warlock has gotten a huge um, overhaul, uh, especially to their spell lists. Um, yeah, and Tasha, as you saw more of that, I would have loved to see. And they didn't do it in Tasha's. I'd love to see that maybe as 5.5 is Warlocks and also Sorcerers to an extent getting mm. their... And some of the Sorcerer subclasses have yeah. that your additional spells for your subclass are just added to your list like they are with Cleric and Druid. Right. Mm. And we're, as we are to replacing. Yeah, <laughs> spir- yeah. Especially Warlocks could use that because they've got such a limited list. Yeah. Right. And, and they're... They, the, you're... Listening to Three Black Halflings, they also did a deep dive on um, the Warlock quite recently as well. Um, and Eldridge Blast is your go-to, period. 
I mean, and it's, it's there's nothing really else. Like, yeah, they, you could use you thing. could use you know Firebolt or um, Ray of Frost like a wizard might use, but like Eldritch Blast is they're just getting so Cone of Cold. Good. They're getting Cone of Cold. Nice. Finally, <laughs> we also have um, the, the new, not new, but I guess one of the more recent adventures. Um, Icewind Dale Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, which is the campaign yeah. I'm playing in as a player. They mm-hmm. do have a new, it's like a second, or I think it's like a second level spell called Frost Fingers, and it's basically a cold version of Burning Hands. Oh, no, so shit. Ha- yep. Otherwise, yep. you had to wait till you got Cone of Cold, which is fifth level, yeah. to have something like that that would have been right. for cold damage. So. Um, they have, they have quite a bit, like, Warlock got an overhaul. Um, speaking of spellcasters, they did also retool a number of their monsters in this. We've got 250 oh, monsters because God. this is replacing Tomafos and, um, uh, you should look Volos, look. and they've changed spellcaster monsters to simplify them. Yes. Um, oh. Um, which is great for dungeon masters, so you're not always having to keep track of, like, the spell slots like a character does you kind of just have um each each spell they get they've got a smaller spell list and it's just i can cast this spell twice this spell once whatever so simplify it instead of having to like be a little bit more strategic and have it just being like a stripped down character Mm -hmm. it's much more like a monster stat block yeah that's very cool another one they uh did for a player overhaul like is almost unrecognizable as the hobgoblin got a complete overhaul um especially with lore yeah uh, i think lore i mean stat stat wise and stuff they were great like i love oh them. yeah I, that's one of those races that it's like i kind of want to play i just you know and, and i'm sure every player and dm can relate to this that like there's so many great character concepts, but only so many games you can play. <laughs> right. And yeah. Especially in a long-form story. That it's yeah. like you've got, I'm sure both of you have ideas of like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to try out this character build. I want to try out this story. Right. And it's like, but when do you get to use it? Because you're either in the middle of a long campaign or, you know, you're like... We said a couple episodes ago, we didn't plan our current party, but like if you're planning a party, you may not get the build that you're looking for, you might have to like concede to do like a different class because, you know, oops, there's, you know, two barbarians. Like we don't necessarily need that. You know, we, we really like for our curse of Strahd, Chris finally joined and he picked barbarian. I don't know. Is he joining us on the regular? Um, Maybe you can answer on the discord when this pops up. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I believe that was the idea. Um, I I would like him to because it would, be another interesting aspect to the game um but now i gotta worry about two meatheads instead of one oh <laughs> you almost didn't have any meatheads left after last <laughs> so okay we almost killed our npc and it was my full time sorry we <laughs> to be fair to you, be fair you successfully deciphered the puzzle I was so proud of myself. You I was like, this is exactly what d- <laughs> on actually executing the solution to said puzzle. So basically of all of the times. <laughs> ben, uh, being our lovely DM, 
as I, I'm even gonna count the uh, werewolf encounter as a third. Uh, oh yeah, because I mean, now yeah. we have two lycanthropes in the party. Also, to be fair, I didn't realize till we were wrapping that encounter that they were supposed to be immune to not to damage from non-silvered weapons. So in oh the werewolves, that, yeah. So in theory, oh. that should have just been a party wipe. Oops. Oh no! Oops! I saw that after the fact, and I was like, "Oh, oh. so really, y'all did no damage to these, except for this, me because I was doing magic." The two, gu- the two versions of guiding bolt that you hit, but yeah, realistically, oh my god, realistically, that encounter was another should, deadly. Should have been an absolute party wipe because I just didn't read the the full part of that. So oh that's my God. terrible. So instead of those, so just when being we half said damage, that hey. should have just been straight no damage on any of those, because the only silver weapon you guys have is um, nothing, because we were gonna go and get Connor's sword or his great axe silvered. No, you guys do have one silver short sword in the party that you picked up in Death House. I think Connor carries it, but he doesn't use it because I the think great he axe forgot does, about it. Well, the great axe is a great axe, and the right. short, you know short sword is so only... so. We'll. Uh, We'll retool that after. Oh, no. That that encounter happened. Uh, there is some backtracking because we wrapped up with y'all reaching the town. There was one story beat that I need to, uh, you know, put in. So we'll, like, backtrack, you know, Just 30 after. seconds yeah. before that. But, you know, I'm not going to retcon not killing y'all. <laughs> so. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> um, basically, we got to a tower and... Um, the door was obviously magically booby-trapped, and somebody fucked up the dance to, uh, said... Which is ironic, because I'm the only dancer IRL. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then oh. the, the barbarian, one of the two barbarians gets it, and, uh... After we... setting off a trap that magically summoned a dragon that breath weapon the shit out of y'all oh hit fucking everybody we got what was it like 28 damage no 28 was half it was 28 was half oh it was 56 wait was it 56 for the breath weapon or was it 56 for the alchemist's fire no it was 58 56 for the the breath weapon and then it was 44 for the alchemist fire i thought that was flipped i think it was flipped yeah 54 for the breath and 56 for the still it's more hp than i've got so y'all get blessed by this dragon you the encounter magically disappears because you solve the trap successfully the second time and i heal the party heal the party y'all go upstairs decide to take a long rest but instead of going right to the long rest the Y'all two barbarians of the clerics decide to investigate <laughs> the clearly labeled cart outside that it says, says keep, keep out, out and is padlocked. And Andy, would you like to tell everyone what happened after after that of seeing it? So I kind of got a hint that it was probably booby trapped, so I backed up about 15 feet. <laughs> Apparently, that was not (laughs) far enough. Uh, The guy that was... How did did your barbarian decide to pick the lock, Andy? So, (laughs) the big brutish 
idiot that is Connor uh, played his character to the T and smashed the lock off of said cart, triggering the tripwire with ten vials of alchemist fire blowing up all three of us, him being knocked out, the other barbarian being at, I don't remember how much HP, probably like 14, and me at six when I dodged for half damage. Yep. Uh, Being the cleric. The women of the group were sitting upstairs like intelligent human beings. Hear this explosion go off. Well, also, Irina was like... Traumatized. Traumatized from almost just coming back. It was definitely 58 because I remember taking 29. All right. So, yeah. Holy shit. So, I use Spare the Dying on the Moron, drag his ass to the door where the girls meet us. Yep. And uh, proceed to hide out at the top for a long rest. Yep. Thankfully. That that loud explosion was heard miles away by the werewolves who tracked your location and uh, came after you first thing in the morning once you left the safety of the tower. Well, Hmm. thanks for Connor's nat one roll for encounters. I mean... (laughs) I feel like the threshold was very high for us to not have an encounter. Yeah, they were on their way... But the numbers were what was affected by the Nat one. <laughs> Not that they were coming. Because they were showing up for the fact that you triggered that, but oh Nat one, God. you got a couple more. A couple? Yeah. Ow. So in that encounter, both the original ranger and the original barbarian got bit and both failed their constitution saving throws to not become lycanthropes and guess what i have two level three spell slots that have remove curse and guess who does not have remove curse prepared for the day well Bork, bork. <laughs> so, I am a doggo. <laughs> hopefully this doesn't set in after one night. We'll have to see you next time we play. Under a full, full be, moon. It's going to be very interesting. I hope I can I have places it. that I wanted to go with my character, and now I don't know if I can. I mean... It could play in very well. It could play in very well, because there's, there's definitely places you can... Go with that character in Barovia. Yeah. I know we talked. We did a chat bit. a little bit, and I've been doing some reading. I'm going to bonk you with the blunt end of the sword. The uh, silver sword. <laughs> bonk. No. <laughs> yeah. It could be good. It could be fun. I'm. I could grateful. die. Grateful. I, I, I believe I'm immune to that, right? As a cleric. Or as a man made of metal? No. No? Interestingly enough, they don't have anything about that. I think you've got resistance to poison. Um, Resistance. But this is is a curse, and I'm not sure how that would work. 
but I'm very you would be intrigued by the concept of like a metal, a metal wolf. Like a, mecha, a, mecha, a wolf. mecha wolf, dude. That's totally steampunk. Yeah, that's crazy as shit. Yeah. Uh. Well. Uh. We'll just happen to see because that pack ran off. You didn't kill any of them. So. No. Hey, hey. <laughs> no. Also, it's kind we, of interesting that you triggered that because uh, isn't that what brought you back to Barovia? Wolves? That you were. We were hunting wolves. To hunt some werewolves. Yeah. Yes. Who knows? That's a story thread. Sure Son is. Son of a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> just. I'll just lay that lay for that. you. <laughs> Salt and a little seasoning. Yeah. Lake and throat bay. Yeah. So uh, Connor can learn that nugget when he listens to this. <laughs> he ain't going to listen to this. Well, there you go. So uh, Connor can learn about that when we meet the lycanthropes again. And yeah. Or when you become them. Or when we become when them and join them, the yeah. pack. Yeah. Yeah. Connor um, and I, oh, sorry, Gribbon and Westra are going to run away together. It's going to be great. I'm not sure how it's going to work. <laughs> you might have to write up new characters. <laughs> I actually had a possible story concept uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, for you as a replacement character if Westra ended up going down. <laughs> that might be a thing we My, could discuss. That makes me so sad. I wanted to find her oh, wife. I, 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 <laughs> That I was know such where a you're good going with line. this. Well, so, uh, well, we might talk afterwards. We'll yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. As far as D and D goes, we're not doing so well. No, as we're doing lately. terribly. How about those weird ass rolls of like me and my storyline? What? Yes. So you've had a number of interesting things where pieces have come up. Um, and you've just not quite hit the DC to get exactly the information you're looking for. Like, I like, got the history check, but my insight check on myself was like, nope, you're not going to learn the exact yeah. thing right now. Yeah. It's like, um, what the fuck? You usually roll really good. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting that those are those are the only roles that you're not doing great on. Yeah, right. you're are usually excellent in combat. Excellent combat, checks. You're doing yeah. pretty good. You're doing checks. Most everything else is pretty. But when it know comes to thyself. that, it's like you know, some sometimes the dice tell a great story. They do. I, and I, that, like I was telling my buddy on GoFest about it, and um, Connor's like, "No, dude, like that die usually rolls really fucking good." And when it comes to his backstory, he cannot figure it out. Yep. It's like. Yeah, honestly, your backstory was one of the ones that kind of intrigued me as a right. DM. Um, like, Westra's was really easy for me to write in how that, <laughs> how that worked together. Right. Like, there was basic little... trauma, basic revenge arc. Ba- yeah. yeah, like, and like, Isaac's character is pretty easy to interpret. of how evil you want to go with him or how much of a redemption kind of thing you want to do with him. Yeah. So it took a little bit of tweaking and I think that worked out. I think it worked out out really really well. And it gave Um, me ideas of where I want to go now if Westra is not, uh, you know, out of commission. (laughs) Yeah. And 
yours was interesting because I I knew I wanted to tie it in somehow and finding a way to weave those threads um and there there was just a couple things that you gave me that I was like I know I can work that but how right. is it going to work and honestly your your lack of roles has kind of played into it better for as much as I planned <laughs> like it's almost better the way that you've rolled because it that's honestly creating more of the story than what I've right. put in is your roles has created your intrigue in it better than I could have sewed the story organically right. on my uh, end. And, yeah. and that's the craziest thing about sometimes there's a weird, as much as I hate to say it uh, because I'm kind of skeptical of that type of thing is like, yeah, the dice is telling the story. I believe that, but like, there is just a certain power where it. I I'm looking at it. And I'm like, you need to roll good, and it's like, not today, not nope. right now, not for this, not nope. for this. You you need yeah. to learn your story a little bit more before you can go on. And it's like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> but that's also kind of nicely helped that none of y'all feel like you're competing for your moments, right? And it's like. You know, Gribbon and Rusty have had some really solid combat moments, but as we work through the story of, you know, you're getting the bits of Strahd and you're getting Irina's story as part of the overall main thing, but we've been kind of following Westra's thread, and it seems like it's naturally going to tie in. It looks right. like it looks like yours is going to be the next that comes up. I Connor's, like... As much as it's like the DM dream to just have someone just be like, no story, fuck me up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Throw a pie directly in my face. So I think his is going to be the last to come up. Um, and I'm not sure where that's going to come, if that's going to come more as kind of a post story or if that's going to come right. in because I've... I don't, yeah. give, I don't really want to give anything away, but there's been one one thread that y'all have considered and not really tugged on um, that honestly can can go to any of you, depending on who pulls on it the hardest. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of where I was thinking things might go. So that might and that could pop it any point whenever you decide to pull on that thread that's been laid out. Um, <laughs> Just go into the castle. <laughs> and that's kind of what I, where I envisioned his going is kind of on one of those, one of those threads. Um, so we'll see. Also what you brought up about your possible character changes. Yeah. Also have some implications uh, with, with Gribbon's character story arc. Oh, too. So, in my mind, I don't know. It depends on where you go with it. Yeah. Basically, um, one of the things I, I, I'm loving how this story is going, and I really um, am l looking forward to the new book coming out. Yeah. Uh, if it hasn't been out already, I don't know. 
by that the, one, yeah, by that the time this is, is released. The next book yes. that is coming out in July is uh, Radiant Citadel, uh, which is another one I'm kind of intrigued on. A lot of the adventures lately I've been really keen on, but again, you know, as a player or a DM, there's only so many hours in the week, right? Mm-hmm. In the month to like, play more games. Like, I've been honestly astounded that I've had two regular games going for <laughs> such a long time. Yeah. Right. But like, I've been running with y'all since October. Yeah. And then a little bit before that, I started in the group I'm playing with, and we're going through Icewind Dale Rhyme and the Frostman, which I am really intrigued. I'm loving that story. Yeah. Um, I think y'all would have a lot of fun with that one too. That would be um, fun. I want to do, I have not played as much as other people, but I do want to try my hand at DMing. And Andy got the uh, Wilds Beyond the Witchlight book for Christmas this past year, which we haven't even touched yet. I, I've cracked it open. Right. Like we've skimmed it a, a bit, but not, you know, so and, I would love to. And I got. Uh, I candle keep mysteries. Yeah, I would I love to. I played a couple adventures from that. I did. Uh, I sat in at a few adventures league settings uh, at Millennium and Henrietta, and I played a few of the adventures in that because each one of those is a standalone. Can you adventure. do that as a one shot? Most yeah. of those. Um, usually it takes about two sessions. Okay, that's not bad though. So, it they run about six to eight hours if you're you know cohesive with your group with it mm-hmm. so that could be two hours two sessions that or could be one, one really long one night to, one or to two sessions depending yeah. on how you run them right. and none of them they don't naturally flow together they all just kind of they take place starting in candlekeep you examine a book you either get pulled into a book or you follow a mystery that you glean from one of the books in the library and mm-hmm. go from there. They're all standalone ventures. You can tie them in together or you can just kind of run them as one shots. Um, Tales of the Yawning Portal does the same thing. Ghost of Salt Marsh does the same thing. That one, Ghost of Salt Marsh, I bought and I really want to do more with that. And that was another one I played a couple of. Mm-hmm. And they're all nice little fun adventures. Well, maybe that's something we can do because um, when we did our last one shot, we had our friends Kat and Greg over. And that might be something fun to do with them is do like a little two session thing with them. Yeah. That um, would be a lot of fun. And I'm just <laughs> have like a four or five person party and just. Right. Or randomly eight. Or randomly eight. <laughs> yeah, well, the last time we had a one shot, we ambushed Ben with like that, eight I players. I can invite my stepsister and her husband. Uh, oh, Tina. Yeah, because she. Because she wanted to play as well. Well, that's an play. opportunity to like do one with one set and one with the other set. Yeah. You know? And. That way it's not overwhelming. And you can, even at that point, if you're playing with different groups, you can run the same one shot. Oh, yeah. And see how it goes. See how it goes. Yeah. Um, I've actually, the one adventure, there's one of the core adventure books that I've played more than once, and that was uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Mm-hmm. And that has like alternate story and endings. So you could, you, theoretically, you could run that based on, there's like two optional side stories and four choices for villains so you could run that like eight times without being the exact same it would never be repetitive yeah now i um i'm really excited for a lot of that stuff i really want um to see where 5.5 e um puts us yeah but um yeah this is a good jump off point um 
I, um, so little housekeeping things I have to talk about. Um, Father to Stay weekend, we will not be recording, but we are in plans of four. Uh, well, actually, I could put this out for Father's Day. Yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> Happy, Happy Father's, Father's Day, Day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, mini episode for Father's Day. Uh, so, um, next week, we uh, are hopefully planning on doing a live episode. No promises right now. Um, we will come up with more details. I probably will do a heads up on the Discord and probably put out a little snippet for the podcast just saying, hey, we're doing a live episode at this point. So da. keep your eyes and ears peeled. Um, on, Don't forget to go to our website. Yep, go to our website. Get our um, YouTube link. Yeah. Yep, get our YouTube link. Uh, and it will be the 25th, hopefully. And uh, yeah, got to pick up some chips June, while we're June, at it. June, June, June. Okay, <clears throat> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, go to our website, ragegamenetwork.com. Go to those all those social media platforms. Hop on the Discord. We'd love, I, Say I hello. I would love to have actual conversations in Discord, not just me sharing memes. <laughs> Although uh, that is he, pretty brilliant. Yeah. I'm enjoying that immensely. Um, yeah, and me going, ha <laughs> You know. Or us um, planning when we're going to have our episode record times. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, we want to utilize our actual Discord to our max. Please, please, please join the Discord. Uh, we have... Go look at all of Ben's memes. Multiple different channels on our Discord server. Yes. Uh, Pokemon Go. So if you want to do raids and stuff with friends or make friends, yeah. So, RageGameNetwork.com. I've already said that. Go get some merchandise. Get yourself a nice shirt. A sticker. A sticker. Uh, we got the stickers, so you can email us, too. All right. Uh, and if you rage it, we game it. Bye. Bye.